Hey everybody, welcome to Deviant Divination. I wanted to check in today with a little chat about decks. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is actually the second time I have recorded this. Um, I'm not sure if I went a little too long last time or... It was just some glitch, but I did one yesterday and it totally got erased. It was like an hour and a, hour and a half long or something. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> anyways, I wanted to check back in with you guys, say hi. I'll be doing a regular reading here later. Um, but I just kind of wanted to do an informational slash opinion piece. <clears throat> about different types of decks, uh, tarot, different types of tarot decks, and that sort of thing. Now, I should have taken some notes from this. If I learned anything yesterday, it was that. But did I? Or did I just impromptu try to do this again? You make the call. <laughs> anyway... <clears throat> So, before we get into the decks and stuff, uh, I wanted to mention that I am considering doing a second podcast. Uh, and it would still have a tarot, um, occult theme to it, but it would handle different stuff. Uh, like with this one, I'm more or less want to stay with it being more reading-based. Um, but I do have other interests, and I'm considering doing those on a separate podcast. I want to try out another platform. Anchor is great. Um, but there's I did find one that has some abilities to upload to YouTube, so that's something I definitely would be interested in. Um, also, I know sometimes uh, people get really attached to their formats on listening to podcasts, and I don't want to completely go off-center <clears throat> with that. Now, see, me... When I do podcasts for pleasure, when I'm listening to them, I actually prefer to binge. When it comes to pretty much anything that's entertaining, generally the longer it is, the better. <laughs> I hate looking for stuff to watch or listen to. I just want it to be what I want it to be. Now, I know not everybody is like this. I know a lot of people uh, have shorter attention span that they just want to check in and check out. Uh, so I kind of wanted to do, you know, the two channels for the two different aspects of that. Um, I might pick one over the other at some point. I might do something else. <laughs> well, we'll see. But uh, that's just something in the works. And that one would be actually uh, probably impromptu, but maybe written out stories 
that were plotted and outlined using tarot. So basically I would throw a plot outline spread, maybe a couple characters, cards, and make something up off the cuff. Um, also thinking about doing deck reviews over there. Of course, that would be highly linked to my Instagram account because listening to a deck review is one thing, but for me, decks are about the artistry. Um, we'll get more into that later. So, yeah, that's that's what the other channel would be like. I'll, of course, you know, cross-promote. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I've, just, I've got a lot of things that are in the wings um, that may or may not work out. We'll see. Uh, you know, books and decks of cards and other stuff since I already do the readings. So let's get on to what I wanted to discuss. There are lots of different types of card decks. And before I get too far into that, this might be a two-parter. Because like I said yesterday, you know, if I end up rambling more than 30 minutes, I'm probably going to cut this and then do a part two. Or, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, so there's, there's lots of different types of decks. And sometimes people know about these other decks. Sometimes they don't. Um, sometimes a person will find one type of divination that they completely love and works for them, and that's good. Me... I am very eclectic in all ways, <laughs> and um, it's uh, I, I like to adventure. I like to find out new information, and even if I don't necessarily get really into that type of deviation, I, you know, want to, I want to know about it. You know, I want to try it. I want to see if it works for me. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. But today, first, I of course want to look at the tarot. But I'm also going to get into uh, the differences between tarot and oracle, fortune telling decks, etc. And I think I'm going to actually do that first. Uh, yeah, told you I should do notes. ADD in the house today and yesterday. So, for me, the definition or the defining qualities to a tarot deck are basically the structure and more or less the meanings. Because that's what makes a tarot deck a tarot deck. Otherwise, you've got an oracle or a fortune-telling deck, right? Yeah. So for me, tarot is 78 cards. And there are exceptions to these rules, but it is a minimum <laughs> of 78 cards. It has to have at least 
22 major arcana, at least four different suits, and those suits in the minor arcana need to go from ace to ten, and then have the four court cards. My exception to this rule is that I am open to a tarot deck having additional cards in it. Most tarot decks you're going to find follow that simple format. Some of them, especially the ones that I have, uh, the authors take a little bit more of a creative... Uh, we'll say a creative lean to it. And I'll still consider it a tarot deck if they follow those rules. Now, I've researched tarot decks and that and have a couple that have added additional suits um which is you know which is interesting it adds a little bit of fun but for me to consider it a tarot deck it still has to have that you know ace through king basically um a lot of decks also will, not the majority, but a lot, will also add a couple of extra uh, Major Arcana cards. Or they're just extra cards they tack on the Major Arcana because that's where they more naturally fit. Because it can kind of be a little bit more random there. And as long as they have those anchors of the standard, I'm all for it, you know, let, let your creativity fly. Uh, I'll also accept as exceptions something different than the standard suits, as long as whatever they name their suits still represents the original meanings of the tarot, you know, and yeah, they're more or less still kind of an earth-based, water, fire, and air-based kind of thing. And they follow those meanings more or less. Now I know that with a lot of these decks, you know, like I have one where the suits are actually bugs. It's my steampunk tarot, the Victorian steampunk tarot to be exact. And the suits are, you know, fireflies, beetles, moths, and bees. But in that realm, they've renamed the swords, the, you know, swords, wands, cups, And pinnacles. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but they still follow those general meanings and they're consistent throughout. So I'm okay with that. It's not something I recommend for a beginning reader. Unless you are really comfortable with the meanings or that is your deck. Like, that's your baby. And that's the deck that you go with. You know, that's what you... Yeah can't talk. Anyway, 
in that case, you know, hey, embrace those different ones. But for beginners, I always recommend something that is the Rider Waite Smith based at least, just because that deck to me is iconic. I know there's a lot of new people that get into it and you know with all the all the different identities and genders going on they don't like the you know king queen knight page thing um, and other representations in those decks i get it i understand but the symbolism in that deck and the meanings to those pictures are universal and they are a standard and you're actually going for the energy and the symbolism of those things not necessarily the literal even though it can be literal uh, so it can be a little bit more difficult and you know that was that was what I was taught on Okay, so that, that was the, the deck that my mom taught me on, and I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> uh, she, like myself, had a little bit trouble with the Thoth tarot and its symbology, because it's not intuitive, like, um, I'm just going to say the writer deck is. Uh, because it's something that you have to study. Whereas the Rider deck is a very intuitive in its symbology. Just from the get-go, just looking at it. And then it has deeper meanings as you get into more symbology for it. So that's my recommendation on that. Uh, <laughs> there, I do have one other tarot deck. It is the Alley Man's Tarot. And it is quite an exception to my to the rules because that instead of having 78 cards actually has 195 if you have all four bonus packs. Uh, it was a Kickstarter deck. We'll mention that again later. Um, but yeah, it has the classic setup and then it adds actually another whole suit that is a random suit of goodness and then it has duplicate cards where it's not the exact same card but there are like five different death cards in that deck there's actually more than that but I'm going to say at least five and each one is a different representation of death uh there are so many, you know, transformations and changes. There's so many different ways that something in life can change. And so I like the depth in it. Um, most of the cards only have one or two duplicates of it. And then there are just total cards that are out of nowhere. Um, but it's, it's a phenomenal deck. Uh, if you missed the Kickstarter on that, I'm sorry. 
I actually have another, I have a bunch of Kickstarter decks. I didn't realize they were all done on Kickstarter because I didn't get them all off of there initially. But I have another Kickstarter deck, which is like a tarot and an oracle set. And that one is uh, my Cosmo, Cosmos Tarot and Oracle. And that one that one borders on being almost more of an oracle deck in whole, more than just being a tarot and an oracle that you can mix and match and use together. Uh, because it stays loosely to the regular meanings of the deck, but the astrology on a lot of it, because it is a cosmos astrology uh what are they called? Constellation-based <laughs> deck. And it has, I believe, 22 cards in the Oracle and then the regular 78 in the, in the tarot portion. But a lot of the, the meanings are loosely based on the other ones and the astrology on it is very different. Uh, so that one I almost consider more of an oracle deck, even though it follows the structure. So yeah, so th there's going to be some cards out there, or decks out there, that will have tarot in the name. Or when you do a search for tarot, you're going to, our oracle decks and fortune telling decks are going to pop into that. But in my opinion, like I said, has that structure or doesn't, is that line. Now, Oracle decks are very freeform. <laughs> they basically have no structure by definition. You can have a deck that is a theme or a meaning, you know, you have angel decks and affirmation decks and crystal decks and animal decks and you can just have ones that have keywords on them. Some of them are simplified versions of tarot decks. They're very free form. Uh, I guess the smallest I've seen is like the 22 card one. The largest I've seen is the Tea Leaf Oracle, which has over 100 cards. It might even have close to another one that's close to 200 or more in it. Uh, if you ever watch YouTube videos on tarot, a lot of people use it. It's the little round cards. And they usually do like half a stack and half a stack because they're huge. <laughs> um... But yeah, oracles are freeform. They're usually a little bit more feel-good, although there are some that are a little bit darker. Um, and they are fully based on the author's imagination. No set form, no set theme, no set meanings. It's just random chaos. <laughs> um... And in with the Oracle decks, you also have astrology decks. And those vary greatly, even though they don't. <laughs> They're all based on 
astrology. They all have the different signs. A lot of them have the houses. Some of them have aspects. Some of them have moon aspects or moon signs and phases. Uh, some mix all of it together. Some bring in other stuff. Some astrology decks, though, read more like flashcards for learning astrology. And you have to work a little bit harder to do a reading with those because you kind of have to get your more in-depth and intuitive on your own. They don't give you that story-like meaning. They just give you sort of facts. And some of them are set up way more like oracle cards where you get a little bit of fact, fact information, but there's more of a story or action or depth to it. Moonology is one that is definitely like that. Then uh, there's others that definitely aren't. <laughs> um, so there's those. Next, I want to look at the what I call, and I think it's sort of generally known as fortune-telling cards. Now, fortune-telling cards, to me, are generally something that is structured. Um, it comes from a more traditional place, I guess. A lot of them have influence or connection to a regular 52-card playing deck that you'd play like poker with, which actually can be used as an oracle deck. And I'll follow that up at the end of this. First, I want to look at the Lenormand cards. And you are going to have to bear with me on doing these fortune-telling cards because... This is really where I should have made notes. Um, the Lenormand cards, I want to say, are French. And there's two types, which a lot of people don't know. There's the La Petite Lenormand that is... 36 cards, relatively simple. Uh, they usually have something like stork or clover, ship. You know, that same, there is a name to the card, there is a meaning with the card, and there is also an inset of a regular playing card. But it's only the playing cards that, I want to say there's the sixes, or sevens and up. So it's a 36 card deck. They cut off the bottom lower numbers for the cards. Um, I want to say it's like a gin rummy deck or something, but you know, I'm probably wrong there. Uh, but there, there, there is a standard card that does that, um, have that numbering to it, and they use that for this. And so each card is numbered as well as having the little playing card inset. And then it has the meaning. Illustrations on these decks can go like everything else from really, really simple 
almost like line, not even line drawings, like outlines, uh, almost a silhouette type of thing up to really intricate detailed pictures where if you're not familiar with the cards you might even not even know which card is being represented there so they can be a lot of fun these have a more structured reading technique most fortune telling decks do uh, usually Lenormand is definitely one where generally you would use either three five nine, or all 36 cards when telling them, traditionally. Lots of people throw Lenormans in with the tarot or oracle cards because they are they do have some very good information, uh, more 3D type stuff, more hows than the whys. Um, but yeah, it has that set structure and... A lot of fortune-telling decks are more like that, where you have your set of those things traditionally. And then as you go into it, if you do like the, the large spread with the 36 cards, you can read that in two different ways. One can be, you know, position one would represent the first card. And then whatever card goes on top of that position or in that position is that bottom meaning of the first card mixed in with the second card that gets, or the card that gets laid on top of that in that position. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then the next, um, the next way is that you go for the card that has the meaning you're looking for. It can be work, it can be luck, it can be love. And you look at the cards around that card. And that can help you read in meanings to them without worrying about the position. You just look to the card and you look at the cards around it. Um, a simplified version, it actually, uh, the Grand Tableau is what I believe that spread is called. And it gets intense. <laughs> it gets very intense when reading it. There is a, a couple different ways, but you know, anything that has that many cards in it is going to go crazy. And I'm actually going to end this part here and get into the rest of these in a second to this. Uh, I might just do the two separate sections and stream them both together. I will, well, if this keeps going after this, then you'll know that's what I did. If it stops now, then you will know that I did two separate ones. Uh, for anybody who's leaving me now though, Thank you guys. I hope you have a great one and I will be back shortly. Okay, probably adding a, a second part to the initial one. So this is all going to be together. Hello. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so the other type, so the other type of Lenormand deck, which is relatively rare, relatively unknown, is like the Grand Lenormand. And those are larger cards. You've probably never seen anybody use them. I haven't. And I, I've been watching tarot readers on YouTube for about two or three years now. Um, besides random people I watch, I also am subscribed to about 20 different people. I don't watch them all continuously all the time, but they're there. I've seen them. I've never seen anyone use the Grand Lenormand deck. And it is usually a bigger card because it is separated into three or four sections per card. If you are familiar with the Radiant Sun Oracle, it's like that, only on a much grander scale. <laughs> uh, it has to do with a lot of mythology and just different, different symbolism. And each, there's three parts of the card. There's like a flower and there's usually an interaction. And again, no notes. Bad girl. Okay. But there, it's just, it's a very intense deck. It takes a lot of study for most, most people. It's not extremely intuitive. Very interesting, though. I'm still waiting to get one of those. I am, I've got one in my cart on Amazon, and I am almost ready to take the plunge and do it. I really shouldn't, uh, but I really want to. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a very unusual deck if you want to look into it. Uh, very, relatively rare. The originals of it are around... They're over $500. Uh, they did... Someone came out recently with a modern not a modernized version it's still the traditional one but like a reprint which is the one I found recently on Amazon because there was I wasn't paying that much money I also have uh, I found a manual online because a lot of times the deck is actually in the original French not English <laughs> especially on those older decks some more expensive ones not sure about the one in my cart, but I did find the pictures and a booklet on it online that I was considering printing out and making cards out of. Never works that well, though. Next deck we're going to look at, going back to the easy ones, is uh, the Kipper deck. And this one is a... German deck by origin and Ciro Marchetti actually did a really nice version of this deck but there are others online 
uh, mostly on Etsy, uh, that have, you know, that have different imagery and some of the more traditional, some have more traditional German and imagery. Uh, the Ciro Marchetti deck goes a little bit more English with it because it's more familiar to a lot of us, but stays in that same time frame. Uh, you know, sort of an industrial revolution era pictures. And, you know, so whatever, whichever you find or are more interested in. Um, it has 39 cards, so a couple more than the classic Lenormand. Uh, has a lot of people in those cards. Uh, more than any of the previous decks, uh, especially the Lenormand, definitely more people cards than it has. Very fun deck. Um, for me, it's a little scary. <laughs> it has like imprisonment and you know, imprisonment, an official person, and soldiers, and, uh, you know, law. Because a lot of these older decks, they do reflect a time where death was more in people's faces. Uh, especially the Sibylla and traditional playing card meanings. That we'll get into after this. Um, those are, you know, death was more in your face back then. You know, the plagues and you know, crappy healthcare and stuff. And a lot of times the meanings can be a little bit more literal representing those times, you know, where, you know, soldiers were actually, well, depending on where you are, there's still soldiers walking around fighting. But you know, the actual wars are right there in your face. And I know there's there are still some, which makes me really sad. Um, but, you know, or, you know, a normal person could be accused of something and sentenced. So sometimes they're a little bit harsh and a little bit scarier, but they do have, you know, you can, you can, you have to realize this. It's, it's meaning some of the meanings and some of the decks that are more traditional or older. You you have to realize that you need to like tone those down a little bit because they were made in a different time and place. You know, same with the gender roles in it and stuff. Um, you know, it was a different. It was a different time. And you just have to take that into consideration and look at energy sometimes for it and not this strict man-woman thing. It's like, you know, this was made in a different time and it's not trying to be non-inclusive. It was just made when it was made. So please forgive them for that. Uh, please don't be offended by that if you look into this cards or are hearing this. Uh, 
I'm just going with what, you know, what it is. And if it's not your thing, I totally respect that. So now, but they're great cards. Like I said, a little scary sometimes. Lots of people. I really like it. Uh, very easy to read, usually. They're, they're like the Lenormand. They're kind of straightforward. They're not a lot of interpretation <laughs> variants like you have with tarot. It's pretty much like, yeah, this is what it is. They do have deeper meanings if you look into them a little more and read the books and stuff that are, you know, that come with it or online or that you buy. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to look at the Sibylla decks. And there are basically three. There is the Sibylla Antoniva or Sibylla Oracle. There is the Vera Sibylla and then there is the Sibylla Zegdia, Zegalia, it's a Z, and I'll tell you the differences on these. The biggest one is that, we'll just call it the Sibylla Oracle, is actually a French deck, and these are all based on the 52 playing cards in a regular deck. They have that format, all of them, but the Z, Sibylla. <laughs> uh, they do have the card in sets usually, like the Lenormand does, and it uses all 52 cards. This one is French. The Sibylla, or the Vera Sibylla, is actually the Italian deck. It's the Italian version. And there are some subtle differences in the cards. There's a lot of repeating cards, but there's also quite a few cards that are different. Uh, the meanings are relatively similar. Uh, of course, the different cards have different meanings. Um, This one you can read just off the cuff, but if you want to dig, <laughs> you will have to dig. Uh, most of these cards do not come with very big guidebooks, at least at this point. Uh, the one that I have actually just comes with one that shows you a couple of spreads. Have to, if you want the deeper, more in-depth meanings of the cards, you have to look those up and search online. Um, and then, you know, same for the Vera Sibylla, they do, you know, you have to look at the, look those up as well. Very similar, but kind of different. Each one has a few different versions. Uh, it's not like the Tarot or the Oracle with, with these. Lenormand, the regular Lenormand deck has quite a few designs. There's a lot. Probably between 50 and 100. Which 
compared to tarot decks where there's literally probably thousands of them at this point. <laughs> if you go to the, um, you know, if you, if you do the mass market produce, the Etsy and Kickstarter decks and the, you know, make playing cards and other places like that, there are probably at least a thousand, if not thousands of different tarot decks that you can buy. Lenormand still has a lot of options, but I'd say it's in the, in the low hundreds at most from what I've seen. Uh, nothing like, nothing like the tarots. Uh, the Sub Kipper deck is pretty rare. There's only, I've probably seen less than 20 versions. There might be more out there that I haven't seen or found, but I'd even go as few as 10. Uh, the Sibylla decks are even more rare. There is maybe 10 of each that I've seen. And I did this research a few months ago, so that's why it's all a little foggy, probably six months ago. Actually, when I first heard of these and got the deck. Uh, so that's why the information's a little foggy in my head. I didn't take notes on the background. But at the time, I was looking at different versions of fortune-telling cards. Because I was in one of those moods. And there wasn't a lot of options to find any of the variations of these decks. Then when you get to the Sibylla Zigad... This is, I can't, I forgot, just forgive me, it, it's a Z name with the Sibylla. It's also marketed as the Gypsy Oracle by Los Garog, I believe. And those decks do not have the playing card inserts. They are in meaning and symbology almost identical, if not identical, to the Vera Sibylla decks, but they don't have those playing card inserts. So, those are the Sibyllas. Next, I'll look at the regular playing cards. These can actually be I think I've seen three systems of reading traditional playing cards. One of them is looking at them like they're the minor arcane of a tarot deck. Clubs are wands, spades are swords, diamonds are pinnacles, cups are hearts. And you just take out, you know, the pages aren't there. Some people use additional cards to represent the major arcana. I'm not quite sure what the exact translation of those is. I did kind of look for it and I didn't really find anything satisfying or anything at all. So I kind of let that go for the time being. <laughs> but you can use those meanings to do that. Uh, the reason I like playing card divination is because it is 
not questioned. It's not judged. You know, like if you have your Christian aunt come over and you've got a deck of cards on your table, you know, she's not going to question it that you're, you know, doing the devil's handiwork. (laughs) And, you know, you can just, you can either say nothing about it, uh, you know, maybe you guys, maybe you play with your friends and you also use them for divination, whatever. You can say you're playing solitaire. You can just tell her the truth. That is all up to you. But it is a more undercover way of having a divination tool around. Dominoes also can be, by the way. There's lots of little hidden ones that you can use. Um, But then, alright, so with the regular playing cards, though, it's really easy to slip into using them as the tarot meanings, especially if you know tarot. But a lot of the cards do have their own meanings that were used traditionally. And it's a little bit closer to the Sibylla. It's like if you sort of mix the Sibylla meanings for the cards with the tarot meanings for the cards. Some of them are just completely unique for their placement. And what I mean by that is, you know, all of these, I'm actually doing some research on this. Uh, it might be a book someday. Uh, all of these cards, a lot of them overlap in different ways. The card might have a different name. It might have a different number. It might have a lot of differences, even in symbology and pictures, but they do have a lot of duplicate meanings that cross over because they are all based on real life and real life only. It has a million themes and, you know, it has some set themes that are, you know, traditional universal themes. So there's always going to be a little bit of overlap between the individual divination processes. So there are, back to it though, (laughs) I go on my tangents. Um, Back to it though, you can look into the more traditional uh, individual meanings for the cards. And you have to sort of weed out what's based on this and what's based on that. But they are out there and they are there. I found them. And then the third way was a book that brought in a lot of astrology to the cards. And someone had made their own, just their own take on how to read them. And it was actually very different than the traditional way. And it is actually quite different than the um, the tarot way and I'm actually looking for the book and that's why I'm you know that's why I'm skipping all around and stuff and it is playing your cards right finding destiny and playing cards and looking real quick just to see if I can find the author 
I'm not seeing it anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, this book was a gift, I believe. It has copyright of 99, 1999, International Rights Limited um, is the name of the publisher. And it actually goes into a whole different system, ways of reading, meanings, and stuff. But since I was already very familiar with the tarot readings and even a little familiar with the traditional playing card readings that are special to it, I was not able to adopt that. <laughs> uh, it's not bad. It's not a bad system. Uh, it goes into a lot of depth. Somebody, they put a lot of work into it, but it just didn't feel right for me. So there are different or other fortune-telling decks out there. Uh, one of them is called the Morgan's Tarot, or Morgan's Tarot, named after the guy who made the deck. And it is not a tarot deck. It is a fortune-telling deck or an oracle. Um, interesting. It's, it's interesting. It's a rare one. Uh, if you want to look at it, there are some others, uh, like there's the, the Witch's Oracle, which is another card that, or deck that has the playing card and sets in it, but has its own meanings as well for the cards. Uh, and then I know, I know there are more out there, I just can't think of them right now. So that is... A little bit of information about the different kinds of divination decks that are out there. And I did want to mention two that I forgot is another type of tarot deck are the pip decks. Is it's because they use the pip cards and then have court cards in the major arcana. But they are illustrated more simply, more like the pip cards in a playing deck. And those are the ace through ten or whatever cards. And so, like the three of cups, some of them, the really simple ones, literally just have three cups on a card. And that's all you get. Or, you know, the five swords. And these are more traditional, actually. They go back to the 17, 1800s, the Marcel's deck. Um, the Ryder deck was the first one that actually put pictures and illustrations on the pip cards, which is why, another reason why I love that deck, because I'm very visual and I want some insight into those meanings. I want to be able to read more of it and not have to just memorize this, you know, this meaning. It also just makes it more visually stimulating. Now on some decks that are considered pip cards, they do have, or pip decks for tarot, um, they do have some background colors. Uh, some have little pictures with the <clears throat> with the cups. 
they're not all really simple. Um, the thought, 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 yeah, I know. The deck is actually one of those where there's some intricate designs in there. Um, the, I believe it's the Sacred Heart Tarot and the Threads of Fate Tarot, actually. All, I consider all of those more or less pip decks, even though they do have some pictures and hints, little tiny baby hints into the meaning of the cards or extremely colorful backgrounds. While I have these decks and I appreciate them and some of them I definitely like more than others, they are not my favorites. And it's because, you know, like I said, I like having a little bit more symbology there. Uh, you know, so, so you can use your intuition a little bit more when there's a little bit more going on. It's not all just memorizing the meanings. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, you know, but if you, if, if you were into those kind of decks, God love you because, you know, I'm, I'm glad they're there and I'm glad that they're being appreciated. Uh, I just, I just like more going on with mine, but I appreciate those decks for what they are. And a lot of people think of it as a more advanced to be able to use those kinds of decks. But yes, so that was that. And I hope you all have many blessings in your life. And I will... Tonight or tomorrow, be putting out a tarot reading for the week or some type of reading. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a little something something. I like to give you guys at least a reading a week on here, and I will keep you updated on all my stuff. Like I said, it's um, very eclectic over here, very ADD, very INTP. If you know what that is. And I tend to have, we could just say that I, I tend to have about five candles burning at any given time. And sometimes those candles kind of go all out and I'm not, not lighting them and tending them. Other times they're in the forefront and definitely something I'm starting on and yeah <laughs> uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed I hope everything is great um, don't forget to if you want to hear more from me if you want to see the visuals for the readings check out my Instagram uh, more stuff is in the works as I get a little bit more organized and better at all of this. Uh, I will be updating more on the Facebook and YouTube and stuff. Definitely want to get YouTube going. That will be very, very different. I mean, that'll be completely different stuff, completely different readings. It might overlap with the 
other podcasts if I ever get that going a little bit more. Like I said, it there might be an automatic upload. But, yeah. <laughs> so just keep your eye out. Um, there's always a, I try to always put a link in the description. If it's not there, just click back to another reading and it'll be in that description. Um, I have my all links link, which is my.bio backslash deviant D. And that will take you to links for um, the podcast stations, some of the bigger ones, uh, Facebook, places to do donations, uh, you know, less I have to work, the more I can do here. Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> my Etsy store where sometimes it's on, sometimes it's not. Uh, another thing I might be doing there is uh, necklaces that have um, stones and or herbs in them. Sort of like a wish bottle, but it's a wish charm necklace or a spell charm necklace. I actually have the materials to do that. I just haven't put them on there yet. Uh, life just gets in the way. <laughs> and if you've listened to all this, then you know how my mind works a little bit. So you can see where it might be hard for me to keep constantly in focus, especially, you know, people in my life, my child, my friends, family, work. Uh, so yeah, but I'd love a little encouragement. If any of this is actually interesting to you, you can always drop a line here or on any of my other posts. I try to post updates to the podcast on most of my social media, uh, but I definitely am able to get those messages or those comments on the posts. So that is another way to get a hold of me. I have an email up there. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I do not check my email much and I should probably take it off, but <coughs> I leave it up there for people that don't have regular social media. Take care, everyone.